Section four of Confessions, volumes five and six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes five and six by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section four this is perhaps the only time that listening to inclination i was not deceived in my expectations the easy access obliging temper and free humour of this country rendered a commerce with the world agreeable and the inclination I then felt for it proves to me that if I have a dislike for society, it is more their fault than mine. It is a pity the Savoyards are not rich, though perhaps it would be a still greater pity if they were so, for altogether they are the best, the most sociable people that I know and if there is a little city in the world where the pleasures of life are experienced in an agreeable and friendly commerce it is at chambery the gentry of the province who assemble there have only sufficient wealth to live and not enough to spoil them they cannot give way to ambition but follow through necessity the counsel of cineas devoting their youth to a military employment and returning home to grow old in peace an arrangement over which honour and reason equally preside the women are handsome yet do not stand in need of beauty since they possess all those qualifications which enhance its value and even supply the want of it it is remarkable that being obliged by my profession to see a number of young girls i do not recollect one at chambery but what was charming it will be said i was disposed to find them so and perhaps there may be some truth in the surmise i cannot remember my young scholars without pleasure why in naming the most amiable cannot i recall them and myself also to that happy age in which our moments pleasing as innocent were passed with such happiness together the first was mademoiselle de melarede my neighbour and sister to a pupil of monsieur Gem. she was a fine clear brunette lively and graceful without giddiness thin as girls of that age usually are but her bright eyes fine shape and easy air rendered her sufficiently pleasing with that degree of plumpness which would have given a heightening to her charms i went there of mornings when she was usually in her deshabille her hair carelessly turned up and on my arrival ornamented with a flower which was taken off at my departure for her hair to be dressed 
there is nothing i fear so much as a pretty woman in an elegant deshabille i should dread them a hundred times less in full dress mademoiselle de menton whom i attended in the afternoon was ever so she made an equally pleasing but quite different impression on me her hair was flaxen her person delicate she was very timid and extremely fair had a clear voice capable of just modulation but which she had not courage to employ to its full extent she had the mark of a scald on her bosom which a scanty piece of blue chenille did not entirely cover this scar sometimes drew my attention though not absolutely on its own account mademoiselle de chales another of my neighbours was a woman grown tall well-formed jolly very pleasing though not a beauty and might be quoted for her gracefulness equal temper and good humour her sister madame de charly the handsomest woman of chambery did not learn music but i taught her daughter who was yet young but whose growing beauty promised to equal her mother's if she had not unfortunately been a little red-haired i had likewise among my scholars a little french lady whose name i have forgotten but who merits a place in my list of preferences she had adopted the slow drawling tone of the nuns in which voice she would utter some very keen things which did not in the least appear to correspond with her manner but she was indolent and could not generally take pains to show her wit that being a favour she did not grant to every one after a month or two of negligent attendance this was an expedient she devised to make me more assiduous for i could not easily persuade myself to be so when with my scholars i was fond enough of teaching but could not bear the idea of being obliged to attend at a particular hour constraint and subjection in every shape are to me insupportable and alone sufficient to make me hate even pleasure itself i had some scholars likewise among the tradespeople and among others one who was the indirect cause of a change of relationship which as i have promised to declare all i must relate in its place she was the daughter of a grocer and was called mademoiselle lard a perfect model for a grecian statue and whom i should quote for the handsomest girl i have ever seen if true beauty could exist without life or soul 
her indolence reserve and insensibility were inconceivable it was equally impossible to please or make her angry and i am convinced that had any one formed a design upon her virtue he might have succeeded not through her inclination but from her stupidity her mother who would run no risk of this did not leave her a single moment in having her taught to sing and providing a young master she had hoped to enliven her but it all proved ineffectual while the master was admiring the daughter the mother was admiring the master but this was equally lost labour madame lard added to her natural vivacity that portion of sprightliness which should have belonged to the daughter she was a little ugly lively trollop with small twinkling ferret eyes and marked with smallpox on my arrival in the morning i always found my coffee and cream ready and the mother never failed to welcome me with a kiss on the lips which i would willingly have returned the daughter to see how she would have received it all this was done with such an air of carelessness and simplicity that even when monsieur lard was present her kisses and caresses were not omitted he was a good quiet fellow the true original of his daughter nor did his wife endeavour to deceive him because there was absolutely no occasion for it i received all these caresses with my usual stupidity taking them only for marks of pure friendship though they were sometimes troublesome for the lively madame lard was displeased if during the day i passed the shop without calling it became necessary therefore when i had no time to spare to go out of my way through another street well knowing it was not so easy to quit her house as to enter it madame lard thought so much of me that i could not avoid thinking something of her her attentions affected me greatly and i spoke of them to madame de varens without supposing any mystery in the matter but had there been one i should equally have divulged it for to have kept a secret of any kind from her would have been impossible my heart lay as open to madame de varens as to heaven she did not understand the matter quite so simply as i had done but saw advances where i only discovered friendship she concluded that madame lard would make a point of not leaving me as great a fool as she found me and some way or other contrive to make herself understood but ex 
exclusive of the consideration that it was not just that another should undertake the instruction of her pupil she had motives more worthy of her wishing to guard me against the snares to which my youth and inexperience exposed me meantime a more dangerous temptation offered which i likewise escaped but which proved to her that such a succession of dangers required every preservative she could possibly apply the comtesse de menton mother to one of my scholars was a woman of great wit and reckoned to possess at least an equal share of mischief having as was reported caused a number of quarrels and among others one that terminated fatally for the house of d'entremont madame de varens had seen enough of her to know her character for having very innocently pleased some person to whom madame de menton had pretensions she found her guilty of the crime of this preference though madame de varens had neither sought after nor accepted it and from that moment endeavoured to play her rival a number of ill turns none of which succeeded i shall relate one of the most whimsical by way of specimen they were together in the country with several gentlemen of the neighbourhood and among the rest the lover in question madame de menton took an opportunity to say to one of these gentlemen that madame de varens was a prude that she dressed ill and particularly that she covered her neck like a tradeswoman oh for that matter replied the person she was speaking to who was fond of a joke she has good reason for i know she is marked with a great ugly rat on her bosom so naturally that it even appears to be running hatred as well as love renders its votaries credulous madame de menton resolved to make use of this discovery and one day while madame de varens was at cards with this lady's ungrateful favourite she contrived in passing behind her rival almost to overset the chair she sat on and at the same instant very dexterously displaced her handkerchief but instead of this hideous rat the gentleman beheld a far different object which it was not more easy to forget than to obtain a sight of and which by no means answered the intentions of the lady i was not calculated to engross the attention of madame de menton who loved to be surrounded by brilliant company notwithstanding she bestowed some attention on me not for the sake of my person which she certainly did not regard but for the reputation of wit which i had acquired 
and which might have rendered me convenient to her predominant inclination she had a very lively passion for ridicule and loved to write songs and lampoons on those who displeased her had she found me possessed of sufficient talents to aid the fabrication of her verses and complaisance enough to do so we should presently have turned chambery upside down these libels would have been traced to their source madame de menton would have saved herself by sacrificing me and i should have been cooped up in prison perhaps for the rest of my life as a recompense for having figured away as the apollo of the ladies fortunately nothing of this kind happened madame de menton made me stay for dinner two or three days to chat with me and soon found i was too dull for her purpose i felt this myself and was humiliated at the discovery envying the talents of my friend venture though i should rather have been obliged to my stupidity for keeping me out of the reach of danger i remained therefore madame de menton's daughter's singing-master and nothing more but i lived happily and was ever well received at chambery which was a thousand times more desirable than passing for a wit with her and for a serpent with everybody else End of section four recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey